working? Hello. Hey, everybody. Oh, there it says we're live. I don't know what happened to the intro. That's all right. Um, I guess it was the. Is it, is it for real this time? <laughs> it, oh, you know, it's just there everything is delayed. It's so really weird. delayed. I don't know what's happening. I thought it was off and all of a sudden it came on. So That's sorry funny. about that. Sorry, everyone. I'm going to edit all that out. Those of you who get to see it are lucky, but I'm going to edit all that out. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> welcome. Uh, welcome to our very first uh, lesson in our affidavit series. We're um, pleased to have... James here with us again. Those of you who were online and saw our first video basically discussing what it is and what it's all about, um, we all agreed that it would be a fantastic idea to break it down into small bite-sized pieces and put it out there for people um, that need help, that have been harmed in some way, shape, or form, emotionally, physically, and so forth um, <clears throat> throughout this process and, and, and of this last year and other things. So uh, James is going to run us through uh, the first few lessons. Um, one and two, lesson, lesson one and two, or step one and two, I should say, is combined because step one is basically just a very, very simple step, but it is the most important step. So um, I'm going to pass it over. And um, James, welcome again. Thanks for being with us. Um, I'm so happy to team up with you and do this yeah. and bring this information to the public. It's really, um, it's really fun. And uh, I feel it's gonna be very helpful and uh, comforting to a lot of people knowing, like it was to me, that you can get back some personal power and take some action um, in this whole situation and not just feel like a sitting duck. Anyway, James, yeah. and Crash, sure. Crash yeah. is over in Mississippi, sorry. Um, my, my bestie, uh, we met on the internet as most of you guys know, but we've become great friends and have the same vision and, uh, we're glad to be doing this together. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you, James. No, you're fine. Thanks. No, I was just gonna say, thanks for having me again. Yeah, I really, I'm, I'm excited to help bring this, bring this to light to more people. Um, and again, just, just so everybody's clear, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a smart guy by any means. I just, I get. To, I tell you, I can read. That's one thing I learned in school. I can read. <laughs> so I think you're I'm, just, I, I'm just passing on the information that I have learned. Um, but I will always share the source where I find this, because it, it, Benjamin Franklin was right. There is power in knowledge, and um, you know, if there's one good thing that Andrew Carnegie did, it was to, it was to bring knowledge to the people through the libraries. And this is how we do this. Um, in this day and age is, is we, we, we learn ourselves and then we pass on what we've learned to, to others. So I just want to be able to, to do that. So, well, that's fantastic. I think we all feel the same way. So that's great. Cool. Yeah. If you, uh, if you want to bring up, um, on that presentation that I gave a few weeks ago for those of you guys here in Utah, that's probably the best place to start. Okay. And, then, and if anybody has any questions, you know, drop them in the comments. I'd love to answer them in real time too. So. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so we are also just to let you know, we're going, we're putting up a website. We're collaborating to put up a website with a step-by-step -step instructions. Very simple. 
with the information that you can go to to um, uh, to, to go step-by-step step, basically. So if you feel confused or lost or anything like that, basically what we're talking about is going to be on a website when we post it out there for you guys um, to make sure. things a lot easier for people. So yeah. And, and just to be, just to be clear, this, this stuff is already on a website, but it's, it's not there. I mean, it's, there's a lot of information there and it's not really flowing. I mean, there's a step process there, but it really doesn't give you this, this step-by-step process and, and how to, put what where so that's really what we're trying to do again we're not reinventing this information reinventing the wheel here we just want to put it in, a, in an easier more concise way for, for people to understand right you know let me give them a quick screenshot of it just so that they sure. can see um kind of what we're talking about here so let's see uh chrome tab all right so let me share this real quick Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's slow. Like like Crash said, we have gremlins. So, um, so so here it is. Can you guys see it? Yeah. So this is going to be you know available shortly. Um, so it's basically, you know, step one: identifying a man or woman whom injured you, um, the name of the person, and so forth. Step two. Uh, and send the woman, a man or woman, those affidavits. These are going to be hyperlinked to detailed information about them. And here is the PDF of the affidavit templates. So um, just to give you an idea, it's going to be very simple step by step. And of course, you'll have contact to, um, to be able to reach out to ask questions that you might not find. But we're yeah. going to move over to, um, we're going to move over to a different yeah, and then one of the things too is where you have the PDF. I'll also make that. Um, I think it makes sense to make that in a, a Word document format as well, so it's easier to download. So, okay, make that available. Okay, all right. So let's. Um, I gotta close this one out. Sorry, can only share one at a time. All right. <clears throat> Share screen. All right, so this one is um, James' PowerPoint presentation. Um, that he uses when he helps in training people. Okay, can we see? It's coming. Okay. There we go, yep, it's there. Okay. Awesome, yeah, so this, uh, again, we, we talked last week or was that last week? I've lost track of time. I think it was. <laughs> There's been so much that has gone on. Uh, I, I tell you what, you guys, um, for those here, here where I live in Utah, it has been crazy. I mean, there's been a lot of uproars with, with parents, especially school districts, so on and so forth. There's been, there's been so much abuse of power that it would blow your mind. And most people are like, really, Utah of all places? Yes here in Utah especially. So I apologize if I'm a little out of it because I've been dealing with a lot of this stuff. But um, yeah, this really at the basis, your, your step number one is is you got to identify who it is, which man or woman is making a claim against you or is 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 harming you or damaging you in some in some fashion. So um, let's see, are you able to, to scroll through those um, to the next slide there? 
see if it'll let you do that. There we go. Okay. So when understanding, I mean, we, again, we talked about, we got to understand, you know, who was making this claim. You have to understand about your status. You've got to understand where these people want you to be in order for them to be able to make a claim against you. So as you can see, I've got first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. I have at the very top, obviously, God or our creator. So if you're not a God-fearing man or woman, that's totally fine. But who, somebody created you. So you got here somehow. So whoever that is, they're at the very top. They're the number one in line. Right underneath them is men and, man and woman. Okay, We are the second in line. We are at the very top of the list here on this planet. So don't ever forget that. Don't let anybody diminish your status because – these these governments, these these service corporations, these you know whatever you want to call them, you want to call it um, the city of blank, the county of blank, the state of blank, or even school districts and school boards, they all want you to take on a title because you can see where titles are in this list. They're fifth in line. So if you take on the title of, you know, let's say you're you're pulled over, and the police officer gives you a, a, a traffic citation, a ticket. And then they mail you something in the mail. It's going to have defendant, right? So you can see defendant is right there under the titles. So if you accept that title as defendant, now your status is way below the corporations and government. And they can impose their jurisdiction over you, which is something you don't ever want to do. So that's the most important thing. You have to remember at all times you are a man or a woman. And other men and women have equal rights to you. No one has rights greater than you. That's the most important thing to remember. So these people who are trying to make these claims against you, they are operating under titles. They're operating as a judge or an attorney or a police officer or a plaintiff. That's a title. But remember where you are in the pecking order. That's one, two, three below you. So your status is above that. You've always got to remember that. Let's go on to the next slide real quick. Okay. So we talked about jurisdiction. These corporations, they want to impose their jurisdiction on you. So let's take this. The simplest thing that I can think of is um, you're driving down the freeway or the road, and maybe you're a little bit late. You're speeding a little bit, but you're not harming anyone. But there's a police officer there. He, he clocks you, flips on his lights, pulls you over. So now this, this police officer is assuming he has jurisdiction to A, pull you over, and B, to give you a ticket. So if you notice at the very top, it says it comes down to jurisdiction. He is assuming that you're either a driver or you're an operator or some other title that puts your, your status down below and falls under his jurisdiction so where he can give you a citation. Because you see my second bullet point there, law, statute, codes, and ordinances, these don't apply to men and women. These only apply to residents, citizens, drivers of motor vehicles, and so on. So if you choose to accept these titles, you're choosing to be, be beholden to these laws, statutes, codes, and ordinances. So, Can I so ask a most, question about that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. So is... By definition, at the, at the point that you accept a driver's license, are you accepting the title that would 
make you beholden to those rules and regulations? Not necessarily. Okay. Most. So here, here's the problem. Okay. There is no law that requires you to carry your driver's license. Okay. Um, there is no law. You have, you have a constitutionally guaranteed right per the ninth amendment to travel freely. Okay. The roads, the highways and byways are public roads. You can use those freely. You're using your own private property, your, your, your car, your truck, whatever it is you drive. Um, that, that is your right to do so. But what has happened is these, the, the states or these counties or these cities, they, they can't, they can't regulate private citizens. They can't regulate private people. They can only regulate commerce. So that's why like these, these drivers of these big commercial vehicles are required to have a commercial driver's license. They're heavily regulated. There's a lot of fees. There's fines. There's a whole bunch of things that go along with them. It's a nightmare. I used to do it. It's a nightmare. Okay. But they've tried to move that from the commercial world over to the private sector. And they've tried to impose those same commercial statutes and codes upon you. So here in Utah, I've looked at the public safety code and it specifically says human driver. So they're trying to classify everybody because, again, they can't put man or woman there because that's a direct violation of the Constitution. They can't do it. So they put human driver. So let me ask you a question, Crash. Are you a human driver? Um, well, I'm not a dog. Okay. So <laughs> you're human. So we've got that. Now, are you a driver? Now, that, that's a trick question for me. What's the definition of driver? Somebody who's driving. Okay, I've got here. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. You guys won't be able to see it, but I'll, I'll see if I can share it. So, so I, have, I have I have a legal dictionary. Okay, go ahead. I have a legal dictionary app on my phone because I'm I'm weird like that. Okay, so I type in the word driver. This is what it comes back at. All right, so here's here's my driver. I'm going to read it to you. Driver, one employed in conducting a coach, carriage, wagon, or other vehicle with horses, mules, or other animals. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's what it says. So you, so you need to be moving goods and being paid to be moving goods right. from point A to point B, not just from what I saw in the video, your car is your property, not your vehicle or automobile. Correct. So... so so going back to your question, there is no law, statute, or code that applies to you, a woman, or me, a man, that says we must carry a driver's license. But I carry a driver's license because out of fear of being harassed under forced threat and duress from these public servants disguised as law enforcement working for private service corporations. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you're driving down the highway and you're pulled over, and they ask you for your license and registration, and you don't hand that to them, they're going to slap cuffs on you and throw in the back of your car. And that's just not, that's not something I want to deal with. I can fight a different battle. So I choose to carry the driver's license, and I renew it. I do the whole nine yards, not because I'm agreeing to those terms and conditions. That's not a contract. Just because I have a driver's license doesn't mean I'm beholden to all the laws, statutes, and codes that go along with that because it's easily refutable. Now, I do carry in my car, my truck that I drive, I carry a affidavit of status. So if I haven't been pulled over, because again, I'm here's the other thing. I don't go out onto the roads 
and and break laws. I don't. I mean, I don't look to go speeding. I don't look to cause problems. I'm a courteous human being, and I want my other, my fellow countrymen to be safe. So I'd be as safe as I can as well. But in the unlikely event that I do cause a problem or I do get pulled over for a statute violation or a code violation, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my driver's license, my my insurance, my registration, and my affidavit of status to the officer. And if he, if he, said, if he asks any questions, do you know why I pulled you over? I'm going to say, sir, can anything I say be used against me? And if he says yes, he said, well, I choose to, to remain silent. Per my Fifth Amendment rights, I choose to remain silent because they're looking to self-incriminate. I mean, this is how this is how asinine this is. They're looking to get you to self-incriminate yourself. Yeah. I always wondered why that was like the first thing that comes out of their mouth. Like, you know, why I pulled you over? Why you pulled me over? You, you know, why over. I pulled you? It's that's that's like your that, that that's that that logic carries about the same as much weight as when my dad would come in here. So, do you know why I'm so angry with you right now? Gee, Dad, what have I done now? Right. <laughs> I, it's it's baseless. It's stupid, but yeah. they're they're trying because they're using that information. I mean, most of these guys have body cameras now, so they're using that information to try and build a case against you. I'm not going to let them. Right. What, they want to ask me a question. My response yeah, is always when they go, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" I say, "Do you?" <laughs> <laughs> the more important question is, "Do you know why you pulled me over?" Right. <laughs> You know, and you can you can you can joke with them a little bit, whatever. Be light. I just I just hand them my license, I hand them my registration, and I hand them my affidavit of status to say, "Sir, everything I have to say is right there." But I will give I will say there's a caution. If you choose to issue me a citation, I will serve this affidavit of status on you. You now have three days to rebut this. You will also receive from me an affidavit of fact and a notice of claim. Because what you're doing right now is you're violating my rights and you're breaking laws. And they might just say, oh, well, you're talking gibberish. Whatever, that's fine. You're going to do what you're going to do. But if you're smart, which I think you are, take that affidavit of status, go back to your car, call your lieutenant, call your captain, call your sergeant, whoever, or consult with an attorney because you cannot rebut that affidavit. And in my affidavit, I again, we talked about this before, I specifically say I'm a man. My rights come from God. Constitution protects my rights. And as a man, I am not beholden to law, statute, codes, ordinances. Do you want me to pull up the affidavit of status? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So, so I just wanted to make sure that that's clear for people. Because that's the most common thing I can think of of when you might need to use these affidavits. I mean, this is, again, we've all now been brainwashed to think, take the ticket, go to the court, pay the fee, and be on. This, this is how these private service corporations known as cities, counties, boroughs, townships, whatever you want to call them. This is how they generate their revenue. Every single one of them. A quick little disclaimer right here. Go ahead. Um, we are not endorsing that anybody go out and break laws and no, 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 no. do anything just because they can claim that they are a man. No. Um, no. I just, I know that's not what you're implying, but I'm putting that yes. out there. Yeah, thank you. Listen, the golden rule still applies. Do no harm to your fellow men. Okay. Just that's just all it is. That is common sense 101, which is why it's called common law. It's unwritten law because it just makes sense. Right. Do not go out and look to break laws. Right. We're sharing go valid out. information that's out there that people are not are not aware of. So yes. All I am saying is 
if you are unlawfully detained, which is that's exactly what that officer has done by flipping his lights on and pulling you over. He's now unlawfully detained you by force of arms, mind you. So, it, I mean, are you going to run? No, you're not going to run. They're going to chase you. These guys have guns. We've seen what will happen. Now, listen, I work with law enforcement. Some of the best men and women I've ever met in my life are in law enforcement. And they didn't get into law enforcement to write tickets. It's the part of the job that they don't like and that they hate. And if it went away, they would be fine. So we're just going to help make these service corporations realize, hey, you can't keep doing this. Because if I, if I empower you, Crash, or you, Justice, or anybody else to learn this process, so when they're pulled over and they're issued as tickets, that it's it's more of a headache. Because here's the thing. If they if they give you a citation, let's say that citation is 150 bucks, you're going to turn around and issue them a notice of claim for ten grand, $15,000. Against that officer, directly, that man or that woman is responsible because that man or that woman directly violated your constitutionally guaranteed rights. And this is how it starts. It starts with education and knowing the power that you have and seeing it through. When more and more of us Americans wake up and see, oh, wow, I didn't realize this was available and I could do this. This is how we make change. Right. Which is why we're here today. Exactly. So I just want, so going back to our step one and two, that's how you determine, okay, who exactly is making this claim against me? Now, when going back to our story there, there's there's also going to be another situ, another um, step added to that because it, let's just say that this this police officer is not the smartest guy, and he's just like, oh, you're just handing me a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo, whatever. You just think you're one of these weird people, and he writes you a ticket, and he goes back and he hands the ticket into um, the city clerk or whatever, and they hand it over to their to their little court clerk, and now you're issued a fake summons from the city attorney or whoever. Now you have that issue. You have the police officer that has directly harmed you. You also have the city attorney who's coming after you. That's another level. That's another person, man or a woman, that is trying to make a claim against you. Now you've got to get them involved. You've got to add them to the mix. You guys can see how this snowballs and how these cities and these, these townships, these boroughs, whatever they're called all over the country, how they've been blatantly abusing our rights for years and we've just been too blind to, to, to realize it. Right. And it, it might seem overwhelming, which it is, because we were trained and taught in in the system that is put in place to take advantage of us. And this is a system that is put in place to give us our rights back, which is where it started with the Constitution. So as we go through this series, we're going to, like, as, as James just said, now they're going to get the attorney involved. So as we create our website and our steps... What if this happens? We're going to put it there for you so that you can get to the information and you can not feel like lost. Oh my gosh, I got a letter from an attorney. Well, if you get a letter from X, you do Y. If you get a so that kind of thing. So just know we're going to we're creating that for everyone. Yeah, and I, and I'm here to tell you guys, the attorney is the second weakest link in this entire process. The, the, the number one weakest link is whichever man or woman that works at that city or that township or that uh, or that borough or that county that's processing this case. Okay, so that's like the court clerk. That's um, somebody who works in the city offices. They're the weakest link because they don't know this stuff. They're, they're just doing what they've been trained to do. And they think they're doing what they're supposed to do. But the attorneys, oh, I love getting those guys involved. 
because they are the weakest, the second weakest link, and they're easily beaten. We'll talk about how you do that. So um, I had what, a, I had a class uh, last night that went over. Sorry, go ahead, Crash. For anybody that missed the last thing or the last one that we did, um, basically what we're teaching you is how to deal with the HR department of the United States Corporation. There you go. Because you, once you agree to be a part of the corporation, then you are basically an employee. We're teaching you how to go home and not be a part of the corporation. Mm -hmm. That okay. is true. That is absolutely true. Okay. So in our, in our scenario, you've got uh, step one, the scenario you gave is identifying who harmed you. This would be the police officer. If you yeah. want to go that scenario, some people are happy to take a ticket and go on their way. Some people are more, yeah. I want to deal with someone who assaulted me in Costco or in the store and literally verbally and emotionally assaulted me because I wasn't yeah. wearing a mask. Yeah. So you identified the person. That's one. Yeah. So uh, I, I sincerely hope that's not still happening. I mean, I don't know where, where, where in your state now here in Utah, where I live, thank heavens, it's not happening anymore. I can walk into any store. I don't have to cover my face and nobody says boo to me. I'm, I'm actually, it's about time. Okay. Now, but four or five months ago, that wasn't the case. And I wish I had known then what I know now. Because I can if you tell you where it's happening. It's happening exactly. at, at the cancer centers, at the hospitals. At okay. The great. Place. Okay. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point because those, those people are, and this is what's so asinine. They're in medical, right? They should know better. So that's a great example. Let's say, let's, let's say, for example, you've got to go to a local hospital to get a test done. And the minute you walk in the door, you're accosted by some, either a rent-a-cop or whatever, telling you, you've got to cover your face. Well, get, Crash is going through this right now with her mother. Tell James what's okay, happening. Um, yeah, no. tell me what's going on and let's talk about it. My mom is at the cancer center um, in Atlanta, Georgia, and she is having to do a, an emergency procedure. They will not perform the procedure on her unless she takes a COVID test. They will not okay. see her in the hospital unless she wears a mask. Okay. So <laughs> she's fighting it. So, okay. So here's what she can do. Okay. Forced, forced medical interventions constitute assault. Number one, number two, harassment. Number three, unlawful detainment. All of which of so those are felonies under federal statute codes, title 18, all of which carry jail sentences. Some of them are minimum one year. Some of them are up to five to some of them are over 10. Okay. So the next time that happens, this is what she can do. And it's going to, I'm telling you, it's, this isn't going to be easy for anybody because I, for one, don't like confrontation. I would rather just go along to get along. I want to be happy, but I'll tell you what, I will defend myself and I'll defend my family and I'll defend my friends. So if I, if that were to happen to me, if I was to walk into a hospital, and they're saying, you cannot be seen until A, you put something over your face, and B, you take this COVID test. I'm going to say, hold on one second. I'm just going to call 911 right now. I need to report an assault. Turn it right back on. Call 911. Get a sheriff's deputy in there, or I, I would prefer a sheriff's deputy. But if they have to send a local police department agent, that's fine too. Turn it right back around on them and say, I need to report assault. I need to report harassment and an unlawful detainment. Those are actual crimes that are on the books today that those people can be held accountable for. There is no I law. There's no there's law that applies to a man or a woman that says you must get a COVID test. 
There's no law that applies to a man or a woman that says you must wear a face covering in any place of public accommodation. So that's my question. Is that hospital a place of public accommodation? Yes, it is. Here's where people are having their big problem with this, though, and I understand this, and this is what my mom argued, and this is what my dad is arguing, because they they are fighting taking the test. And the reason that they're not going this route that we're, we're talking about is because my mom is going to be unconscious with people, and she does not want to be in litigation with these people that are going to have her on sure. the table unconscious. It's that, you know, don't piss off the waitress because she's going to spit in your mm-hmm. food. Well... Sure, you know, the, I understand. The are significantly higher with this one. So I think there's a there's that additional um, power struggle that people hold over other people now, you know, with this whole medical system corrupt tyranny thing. And the fact that they're completely brainwashed. They are completely mm-hmm. brainwashed. Yeah. Well, the, the fact of the matter still remains. Unless your mother is their property, or she has a contract with them that says they can specifically force her to get a COVID test and wear a mask. There's nothing they can do. And the only well, way she walked in with my, she walked in with all my handouts and all the stuff from frontline doctors saying, I do not consent to any of your BS. And they're just going to throw it right back at her. No, she needs to get law enforcement involved. That's well, the only actually, way that that's going to stop. They, they are not actually throwing it back at her. They're trying to work with her because they have their stupid policies but she does not want to put anything in her nose. Hold on, want to hold, on, hold, on second, crash. hold on, hold on, hold on. Policies. What, what policies? I don't care about your stupid policies. No, I agree. Where's your but evidence that your policy applies to me, a man, or in your mother's case, her, a woman? I, I agree with you. You know I agree with you. I'm just saying yeah. how, where they're stuck is between dealing with them and their policies so that she doesn't go into surgery fearing that they're going to inject her or do something stupid because they're pissed off at her. So That's a scary thing. So what she can do is, like I said, you. let me ask this question. Are sheriff's deputies, are they public servants? Yes. Okay. So we, the public, have a right to ask for their protection. We feel threatened, correct? Correct. So is she feeling threatened? Yes. So then this is what she needs to do. If she doesn't want to call 911, she can find the local dispatch to the local sheriff's department. Uh, let's see, that's uh, Fulton County, Georgia. Okay, she can call the Fulton County Sheriff's Office and say, "I am requesting a sheriff's deputy to accompany me to the hospital for my surgery. I am. They are forcing forced medical interventions upon me, which I did not consent to. That constitutes assault, harassment, and unlawful detainment. I need this law enforcement officer to accompany me the entire time." So that I feel safe and know that they're not going to harm me. That is her right, and that is that is his. That that's the sheriff's deputy's duty. He swears an oath to uphold the federal constitution and the state constitution. Okay, that's it. So if, if she has a, any kind of problem whatsoever with the law enforcement, then that's a whole other issue. But she shouldn't, because those people are committing actual crimes, not supposed crimes. Right. Again. We've already talked about this. There's no law that applies to a man or a woman where you must have a COVID test, where you must do this. And then then we can talk about her her remedies because she might go to that hospital and spend thousands of dollars for this this surgery, but that that hospital doesn't know they're going to owe her millions of dollars by the time it's done. Right. 
But she, she's fear, you know, I understand. And I simply understand because I've worked in the restaurant industry. Um, mm -hmm. They're not kind to the food in many restaurants that come back out to the complaining customer. Yep. So I totally get it. Doesn't mean she can't go after them afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, just, and, you know. And that is her, that is her right is to request that law enforcement presence to have that, that, that escort to be there. Right. Okay. Let's, let's, I'm, I'm going to have to keep time for us because we wanted to try and keep these short. It's okay. There's, <laughs> this is the thing we're going to work it out. And as, uh, as best as our intentions are, this dialogue is great dialogue and it's important dialogue, but I think for the sake of trying to keep it simple for people, I just want to, you know, I have to be the bad guy and just pull us back on track because there's stuff I want to talk about. I get intrigued. You know, that's why our first one went for two hours. Right. It's sure. stuff people sure. want to hear. So there's a young lady in the chat and she's Megan. Person. Say, she yeah. said, this is what I need. My son is having surgery on Tuesday in Utah and they're wanting a COVID test done. Right. So mm -hmm. it, a lot of this is very important. So. Let's put all the scenarios behind us. And step one is we've identified the person. So get your mother crash to figure yeah. out who in that hospital made that decision. Who so, in the hospital said they will not treat her or will not see her. Where does the buck stop and get that name? That's step one. Yeah. And you might have, so then, multiple. you might have the, the rent a cop at the front door. You might have hospital security, whatever uh, the doctor. I mean, all of them, get them all. Right. Right, right. They're, Four they're or five, all... one, right. Whichever it is, right. take take names. And right. so then step two is the affidavit process. So now mom's out of surgery. Megan's son is out of surgery. This was a horrible situation for them. They want to take action and they're going to the affidavit process. So let's yeah. do. Why don't you scroll to the next? I don't remember where we were on the screens here. Let's just go through your next. Okay. On there and, and I'll tell you when to stop. So. So yeah, we talked about the golden rule. We'll keep going. Okay. Um, so okay, here's, here's where we are. Okay. Serve the offending party with affidavits. Okay. And we've talked about this. Affidavit is out of court sworn testimony. It, it carries the same weight as if you were in court on the stand giving your testimony. And they say, raise your right hand. And you say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. It carries the same weight. Okay. So here's the process. We serve the offending party with an affidavit of a status, an affidavit of fact, and a notice of claim. So in your mom's case crash, she crimes were committed. Whether they want to choose to believe it or not, they were committed. She can hold them accountable even after the fact. So she's going to send them, those people, whoever those people were, those, those men or women, that told her she must have a COVID test and she must wear a mask. She's going to send them this, this process. She's going to notify each one of them, hey, you trespassed on me on my property my body is my property you administered my property without right that is a crime and with that carries not only criminal sentences but also civil penalties and that's what we're talking about so go ahead and scroll down a little bit more there so this is your first little part of an affidavit of status and we'll, we'll switch over to the other screen we can go through this line by line so Simply put, an affidavit of status is really what a lot of these a lot of these people that are they're part of the, the the sovereign national movement correcting their status. This is what an affidavit of status does. It carries the same weight. However, it's it's recognized in courts now 
and it's not being shown as, oh, this is just one of those crazy people, domestic terrorists, like the FBI wants everybody to believe that they are. Because that's not true. You're just asserting your rights. Because an unrebutted affidavit stands as fact and truth in law. And no one's going to rebut this affidavit. So you mean to tell me if I serve you this affidavit and say that I am, number one, I'm a man or a woman, one of the people of the United States being a creation of God and the domicile of one of the several states. You're going to tell me that that's not true? They can't. You can't. Line number two, I am a living, breathing, sentient being on the land, a natural creation of God, and therefore am not and cannot be any artificial person or legal person, and therefore am exempt from any and all identifications. Here it is right here, Crash. Medical treatments or medical experiments and or requirements. As such, pursuant to any process, law, code, or statute, mandate, or any color thereof. So you're not going to win the argument when you're there, like when you're standing in the doorway or the threshold trying to walk in, you're not going to win the argument there. These people are firm. You're just not going to. So you, you, you've got to know how to play your cards. You want to turn it around on them. Go ahead. Call the police. Call 911. That's what you got to do. And we will have the full affidavits. They are on the website. So yes. I'll put yes. the website in the link when um, you'll know about it. We'll broadcast yeah. it. But. So, so the affidavit of status basically says, number one, my rights come from God and are protected by the Constitution. And I am not beholden to any one of these things that you say that I am. And if you think that I am, show me. Where's the evidence? Prove it. Right. Which is obviously they can't. Yeah. So then the second thing is the affidavit of fact, the real facts. So this affidavit puts out the facts as you know them to be true. This is what happened, the where, the why, the so on. This is the affidavit where we cite state and federal criminal code statutes that apply to our case. Unlike the living man or woman, statutes, codes, and laws apply to people who are public servants or operating in their capacity in their official title. So this is what's really hard for people to understand. Every year, every state has a legislative session. And I don't know how, how many people show up. Like here in Utah, there's a couple hundred in the House of Representatives, um, and there's 50 in the Senate. But here's something I want everybody to remember. Zero times anything is still zero. So no matter what those men and women put on paper, it cannot apply to you or I, a man or a woman, especially if it directly contradicts with any of our constitutionally secured rights which pretty much anything that they come out there does, just so you guys are aware, okay? okay. So hey, we have to get it on a record. Is, sorry, when is this gonna be available online? We have people asking. It's available now, it's available now. It's on, so as soon as, as soon as Justice gets the website put up, this will be there and it's all there. And again, it's just a template. You're gonna have to go in there, copy it and paste it and tailor it to your specific situation. It's not just a copy and paste. Yeah, the link, the link I sent you uh, has the template in there. You can go in and it's, it just doesn't have all the steps. It only has through step four. So the, the link is in there. And I don't have a problem with sharing it with anybody right now if James is okay with it, but just know it's a work in progress. We'll and as we add more information, it'll be available. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it. Let's all right. put it out there. Let's let people have access to it and then it's a work in pro progress. We'll keep adding things to it as more and more things come. I, I tell you guys, I'm, I'm, I've got my hands in about five different situations that all revolve around these affidavits. 
So every situation is unique. It's different and it requires right. its own specific set of documentation. Right, right, right. So, so the affidavit of fact, this is where we step, step forward the facts, right? So we let that offending party know, hey, you, you, you offended me. I mean, you harmed me. You trespassed against me. You assaulted me, whatever. So we make it very clear right there. So dear, so where it says trespasser here, this is where you would put the person's name. So let's say that that security guard at the hospital in your mom's case crashed. Let's say his name is John Smith because that's the most common name, right? Dear John Smith, a man, you got to make sure that you, you address them as their man. Now, where it says to, after a man, woman, you would actually put there in brackets, a public servant and whatever title they carry. So if it's security guard, if it's a doctor, if it's um, officer, if it's whatever attorney, you would put that right there. But you want to make sure that you remind these people, you're a public servant. You serve the public, not the other way around. So you write down, dear John Smith, a man, you, John Smith, a man, have trespassed, assaulted, battered, and administered my property without right. I, a man, in this case, is for me, I, a man, where you change it, if you're a woman, to a woman, have personal knowledge of and acerbate the following. So here's where we lay out the facts. I claim my body, my information, genetic material, offspring, all that I own and claim, God-given rights, are my property. Can anybody rebut that? I couldn't. Right? So, Justice, your property, your body, your, your genetic material is your property. Mine is mine. Crashes is hers. So is all your property, your home, the things you own. Those are yours. Right. Okay? And we just list one by one all of the things. I am not the property of another man, woman, or a corporation. Okay? Number four, I claim all of my information, including my offspring, or my property, and I did not consent to any man or woman trespassing upon my property. So that's exactly what happened to your mom when she went in for her treatment. They trespassed upon her property. Whether they knew it or not, they committed crimes. They don't want it. They don't want to believe that they did. They, yeah. they think that, oh, I'm just doing, I'm so sorry. This is our policy and, and they're making me enforce our policy. I mean, that carries about as much weight as McDonald's making a policy that when I go into their store, I can only, I can only order a Big Mac. I don't want your Big Mac. I want to order something else. Well, it's our policy. You have to order a Big Mac. You can shove that policy with a sun don't shine. I don't care. It, it, this, it's, this is how stupid this is. Yeah. No, I agree. When I go into the hospital with my kids, like my kid had to go in for an x-ray and I did this. Like I went in and I was like, your policy doesn't trump law, common law or Nuremberg code or, or anything. Constitution. Else. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I was able to get treatment and do what we needed to do without an issue. That's Not what I'm saying. Like, confrontation like that. Again, most people don't like, and I, I agree. I don't like confrontation. I'm not looking to go out there and, and get into fights because it's embarrassing. I don't want that to happen, but I, I do want to. I do want to protect myself and defend myself. So if I have to do it, that's what I'll do. Right. And the last the thing that we're going to do. The way that I look at it, sorry, is if I don't make a stand now. And I've, since this began, I have not put on a mask. I have not complied with any of it. If they say that you have a curfew at 10 p.m., my husband takes the kids after he gets home and I go out after 10 p.m. I don't have anything to do. I'm a mom. But I mm -hmm. go out after 10 p.m. because if I don't make a stand now 
if I don't say no and enough people don't say no, then it's going to get to my kids and it's going to get to your kids. And it's eventually going to get to where we don't have any rights and we're being forced just because there is enough force to take away whatever rights we actually do have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, and we all know now that this had nothing to do with protecting the public. It had nothing to do with that. This was all money driven. It was all driven by money because these people are evil, they're greedy, and they want to take as much money as they can and silence the rest of us. But if this really was, this really was about protecting the greater good, then they would have come out and said, "Hey, we're asking that the public do this. We're asking that they do this." Listen, we're Americans. We love our country. We love our states we live in. If, if you come out and say, "Hey, um, we're we're asking you to do this. We're asking you to take these precautions," most people would have been willingly to been willing to do it. Now, some people might might not have, but guess what? That's their right. Right, right. This is for people that want to. Yeah. No one's being forced to. No one's being told they have to tell a cop or give them a. It's just if you want to, you have options. That's all. Right. That's all we're doing is we're sharing little known information. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, real, real quick. I, 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 we keep interjecting, but people are asking important questions. Yeah. Um, I see Somebody's asking about um, in the military. In the military, it's a little bit different because you come into a contract with a corporation, a military corporation. However, sure. they are, and, and I have this document, I share it constantly. DOD is protected specifically in addition to every other right that I've put out there and protections and everything that are actually written out laws within the corporation. There are additional ones. There is the um, civil rights, I'm sorry, let's go down. Uh, 10 USC number 1107 prohibits the administ administration of investigational new drugs or drugs unapproved by for their intended use to service members without their informed consent. Only way around this is a presidential waiver, which has not been obtained. That requires constant updating, going to the FDA for approval, and they have to continuously look for any kind of things going on. They have not obtained an FDA waiver for any of this. Correct. So there is no right to forcefully do any of this to military members. Uh, the Correct. other one is DOD Directive 6200.2, and uh, specifically 5.2.1 under the... Under an EUA, the DOD can only require an experimental non-FDA approved drug if no treatment or alternative is available. Although the FDA refuses to approve the use of multiple treatment options, many have been clinically proven to be safe and effective to include hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, monoclonal antibody treatment, however you say that, and ribdesimir. And then you have Executive Order 13139, Section 2A, when the DOD deems an experimental drug necessary for troops at shall, and shall is a very important word in the military. It means this cannot be infringed upon. Shall is you shall do this. So yes. it shall be studied through scientifically based research and development protocols to determine whether it is safe and infected for, ineffective for its intended use. That has not been done. So yeah. there are protections for military members that want to know this. And Correct. CEOs, I'm talking to you. 
learn your stuff because I am so tired of people that are serving under you that are being forced to do stuff and you don't know your own laws. Yeah. Yep. So here, <laughs> at the end of the day, okay, what, what did we all learn? What did we all learn from the Nuremberg trials after World nothing, War II? Apparently, apparently nothing. <laughs> but here's, here's what we did learn, right? I was just following orders is not a defense. Right. Okay. Yep. So I, I had that. I had that happen. Or I heard that um, um, there was a, a a gentleman who was talking about his issue with Costco. Right. We all love Costco, the mask Nazis. Those guys have become right. So he was he was in there and he was talking. That anyway, he was making a long story short. Um, some guy came up to him and said, "Hey, I'm so sorry that we had to do this to. I was just following orders." And the guy said, "Hey, how well did that work out for the Germans in, in the Nuremberg trials?" Yeah. Good. It didn't because every single one of them was hanged for crimes against humanity. Okay. You're absolutely correct, Crash. So she just cited the specific um, statutes and looks like she's wondering where she can find those. Maybe you can post those in the, in the chat, but also to also understand when you join the brand, the military, whichever branch of military you join, you do sign a contract. Once that contract is signed, it cannot be added to or amended without consent and and uh, um, a meeting That's of the mind by both parties. So that includes the service member and the military. They can't just willy-nilly change the contract and say, oh, by the way, this is not part of your contract. That's but not they'll try. the way it works. They're trying. Yep. But that's not the way it works. Okay, so where are we? So now we're talking about the notice of claim. So this is the last part of step two. So step one, we talked about identifying the party who, who, which man or woman is making a claim against you or has damaged you either physically, emotionally, or financially. Okay. okay. Now this is where we get to the meat of the of, of the of this affidavit packet is we're going to tie damages, meaning a, a monetary damages, because under current U.S. law, you're entitled to two types of damages: compensatory and punitive compensatory or actual damages that you suffer that were caused by the opposing party. So I, in my story here, somebody backed into your car, they caused $4,600 in damage. You're entitled to receive that much back. Punitive damages can be whatever you want them to be. The sky's the limit. And I'll tell you guys, most of the claims that we make against these people are, are classified as punitive damages. So, I would just say, how deep of pockets do you think these people have? Right. Is it ten thousand? Is it fifteen thousand? Is it a hundred thousand? Is it a million? I mean, it depends on who. You're, it depends on who. Again, going back to that big question: who is making this claim against you? Yeah, we had had a Zoom a Zoom call with a group um, a, gr- a group uh, setting zoomed with a guy who is. Uh, um, I can't remember his name, James, but I'm sure you know who he is. But he was talking about the affidavit process. And he said, every American citizen, this is what's going to get my get the video taken down, <laughs> should be filing an affidavit for $20 million against the government for what they've done. Mm-hmm. Mm, that sounds mm-hmm. nice. So um, I, I just want to... Is, is my legal handout on the website? Because it's not letting me paste it on YouTube. The Nuremberg Code and all that? Yeah. Yeah, it's in our it's in our documents on uh, right now, but I can put it on our website. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I just want to make sure too, so people don't misunderstand me. This this 
the, the, the federal government has been committing fraud against every single one of us since the day we took our first breath. That's, that's not the question at all. I don't want to get people lost there. That has right. been, those crimes have been committed. Fraud right. has been committed from the moment you were born and took your first breath. Okay. That has happened. What I am saying here is no one is going to come into a court of law and hold up that birth certificate and say, Hey, See your all caps name right here. That gives me jurisdiction over you. It's not going to happen. Right. It doesn't work that way. You're not going to have some judge or some liar or some petty fogger attorney pull out this. Hey, look, I have the birth certificate right here. And it says James Keith Tracy and all in all caps means I have jurisdiction over him and I can impose my will on him. I would like good luck with that, dude, because it doesn't fly that way. Right. So I'm not saying. I'm not saying that fraud hasn't taken place because I absolutely believe 100% it has. What I am saying is I want to give people actual proven solutions that have worked. And, and don't take my word for this, guys. Go out and search. Research for yourself. I've right. given you Alphonse's website. He's got plenty of information in there to back up these claims. Right. Go on the Telegram. Search for his name, Alphonse Fagiolo. He's got almost 9,000 people in his Telegram group. And they're and all I'm, posting success stories of, of, of all these things that have worked. I'm going to add a resources page to uh, the Affidavits 101 website, too. So that, That's great. Because like I said, I didn't, I'm not smart enough to come up with this. Okay, I'm not. I, I have taken it and I've tweaked it to make it work for my situation. And, and you're going to have to, again, it's going to take some time. you got to read this. You've got to own it. You have to know it because if you're going to use this, you've got to learn how to, to defend yourself. You can't have somebody else go out and represent you because what the minute you do that, now you're agreeing to the Bar Association's rules. Now you've lowered yourself from a man or woman down to a defendant. Now you've lost – you've waived all of these constitutionally guaranteed rights, and now you're just praying that the outcome you're looking for. Right. Okay, so back to our scenario – um, we're going after the police officer or the hospital people for trespassing against us. Step one mm -hmm. is identify who. Step two is send the three affidavits. Mm -hmm. we are status, fact, and claim. We are mm -hmm. on claim. Um, and finishing that. So are you going to read yeah. that for us, James? Yeah, let's, um, I, I, won't, I won't read you the top line there because you guys can read that yourselves. I mean, you can see a claim has been made against you for, for this amount. I love throwing out odd amounts because it sounds more official. So this is $1.9 million and three cents. Yeah. Don't you forget my three cents. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I should have put two cents there, but yeah. Cause you're um, putting your two cents in. That's funny. That's right. That's right. The most important thing of this document is the second line there. It says you have 10 days upon receipt to either rebut the affidavit of fact point for point with your affidavit or I will begin to proceed with administrative, civil, and criminal remedies against you, this whoever that person is, a man or a woman. Failure to rebut the affidavit of fact will result in the trespasser's tacit agreement and acquiescence that the facts set forth in it are true, correct, accurate, not misleading, and binding to the trespasser. This will result in the execution of this claim and the unrebutted affidavit of fact being used against the trespasser in future civil and criminal proceedings. That is the power of these affidavits. You cannot ignore these documents. So when somebody gets when someone gets one of your affidavit packets, 
and they choose to ignore your affidavit packet, there is case law and precedent that says they have tacitly agreed to everything you've written there. So now when you get in, if, if you get into court, because I'm, I'm going to teach you that if you do this process correctly, you, you'll nine times out of 10, actually 9.9 .9 times out of 10, you'll never end up in court. But if you do, all you have to do is read that affidavit and say, sir, Mr. Judge, jury, uh, I served this affidavit to them. I gave them time to respond. They never replied. They never responded. So they've agreed to everything I have here. So I'm just here to, to collect my, my claim. That's how it works. Okay. So we, I'm trying to find my steps here. Let's see. Um, so we, um, waiting for any questions, we're going to be adding stuff up. So, uh, on the website, give me a second here. And so now James, when they fill out these, um, they fill out the affidavits, uh, okay. we want to be able to create, maybe I'm not sure we'll talk about it, create a, maybe a telegram chat or something somewhere where, you know, they can come in and ask questions again. We did have someone ask a question on our first year YouTube feed the other day, which we provided an answer for, but yeah. I don't, I don't want them to be floating out in space going, I don't, I'm stuck. I don't know how to get this question answered. Yeah, so I think that's a great idea. I think what we could do is create a telegram group where you can post your questions. Again, I, I, I want to make this very clear. A lot of, a lot of questions and answers are answered in Alphonse's telegram group, but I'm happy to answer anything that I can. And if I can't listen, I, I'm not going to lie to you. If I don't know the answer, I will tell you, I don't know, but I will help you find that answer. Okay. Yeah. I just think because for, uh, for us now it's smaller scale. Sure. Alphonse's group is just, it moves quickly yeah. through the stuff. So there's a lot. So to I'll, 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 I agree. I'll create one. I'll name it the same thing. Affidavit 101, but I want to finish uh, here. I have four steps in our step two, if you can see. Yep. Yep. Registered or certified mail. Yes. Right. How, how to mail that document because you want to get receipt. I believe we want to get the green card, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's two ways you can do it. Um, so once you've filled out your affidavits, don't sign them because you need to have them notarized by a notary public. Again, a lot of people ask me this is like, well, can I do that? Or can I just get three witnesses? I'll tell you the reason why I use notary publics is because it's recognized by our court system. I, I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I don't want to throw up any red flags where somebody who's not involved in this process gets poking their nose in my business and slows this down, i.e. FBI. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Okay. I don't need the feds poking their, their, their nose into my stuff that I'm doing. So um, this is why I use just a notary public. I go down to my local bank. Um, most banks, most people in banks are notary publics. And if not, you can just search for one online. Um, if you go to your bank, it's usually free. But uh, some charge a small fee for it. Um, get your documentation notarized. So you're going to notarize your affidavit of status. You're going to notarize your notice of claim and you're going to sign and date your affidavit of fact in front of them. Once you have those copies, put them in an envelope. You can either mail them registered mail or certified mail works too with a signature receipt, which is that green card that Justice is referring to. Okay, so I'm going to add those steps just so we know. We don't want to leave anything out. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to put those steps in there for you guys that, it, you know, which, which documents we have to have notified and what needs to be signed. Um, totally forgot about the notary. This is why yep. we're doing this. So that's yep. definitely yep. going to be put in there. 
just so we don't forget anything. I don't want to leave anything to memory um, for anybody to forget. So we'll add those steps in there and then um, to mail it. What, what do you suggest either or, or which particular format for mailing? Did I, you I just, just say that? And I didn't hear yeah, it. I just use certified mail myself because it's less expensive. Mm -hmm. um, you can do registered mail. You can do priority mail. It really doesn't matter. Um, you, you just, just want to get a, a signature receipt, right? Yeah, you, need to, you just so you you don't need technically you don't even need to get a signature receipt. You just need to send it certified so you can show that it was delivered at this day because that's when the clock starts. And okay. I get a lot of questions. Sometimes people say, "Well, well, what if these people didn't read this, or what if they didn't get that?" I say, "Listen, that's not your problem." You did your job. You notified them through the U.S. Postal Service on a specific day and time. That's when that 10-day clock starts. So let's say, for example, today is the 8th. Let's say you mail these out and they're delivered on the 10th. So your 10 days would start then. If you haven't heard anything from anybody by the 20th, now it's time to go on to the next step. And we'll talk about that in another video. Okay. So I did put the, the link um, just for people that want to get the PDF and, and see the steps right now with access to the actual uh, PDF template. So it's there. It's not all there. It's a work in progress. Just know that, but I work on it a little bit every day. So I'm going to get those, the notary steps in there and so forth. And then we're going to reconvene for um, step three. Step yep. three will be next. Um, We'll talk about that. Did you have a question, Crash? I think you were about to I ask. <laughs> um, you know how you mentioned bringing a, a cop with you to the hospital? Yeah. I think that this might be a perfect opportunity. I don't know if anybody has watched the video from my dad from Cuba talking about how this is going to be fixed locally up. Mm -hmm. So going to your local cops which we usually bring them cookies and stuff and get to know them anyway. If you go to them and you talk to them about this situation and say, if I have to go to a hospital for something and I call you, will you come with me to help me make sure that my rights are not violated? Yep. That would be an awesome first step to opening the door of having police stand with us instead of Correct. against us. Yes, and that way we are a unified front, not just on the medical fields BS, but also for when things ramp up even more. Um, I think that that is a, a perfect little window to open up to get things moving in the right direction. You know, that's that's a great point, because I, I do want to mention, you know, the men and women who work in law enforcement are willing to lay down their lives for their fellow citizens or fellow Americans. Um, and how quickly do we see the mainstream media throw them under the bus when something goes awry? Yeah. Oftentimes because of the choices made by other men and women, right? I mean, what, what happened all last year? We saw it. I don't need to, I don't need to go there, but, um, this is a great way. And, and I like what you're saying, Crash. Go, go to your local sheriff's department and say, Hey, um, can I speak with, you know, just, uh, the chief deputy, the sheriff, or even even the lieutenant commander over the over patrol. Just talk with any one of those people. Um, oftentimes the sheriff will see you because in most states, it depends, but in most states the sheriff is elected directly by the people, as he should be, per the yes. constitution. So um, I'm quite positive it's the same in Mississippi as it is here in Utah. 
So if I was to walk into my local sheriff's office, I actually know my local sheriff really well. His daughter plays on my basketball team that I coach. Um, if I were to walk in there and say, hey, sheriff, uh, I, I'm afraid I'm afraid that I'm going to be harmed or I'm going to be assaulted if I try to go into this place of public accommodation to get services that I need that are, that are, that are my right. I mean, my right to life, that's an essential right. And if I need to go into a, a, a hospital or a doctor's office, an essential place to, to secure my right to life, are you willing to send somebody escort me to stand with me to protect those rights? Because they're being ignored when I tell them that that's my right. And it's not, just for, it's not just for us because, you know, we are the hard headed ones that will walk in and hand people paperwork and stuff. Correct, There's, correct. you know, my next door neighbor is 90 something years old. She's not going to do that. But to have the no, cops no. already ready and for the public to know that that's, you know, accessible so that she doesn't feel intimidated to go to the hospital because, you know, She's 90. She might have to go for something, but she's probably hesitant because of everything going on and she doesn't want to get a swab stuck in her brain and all this stuff just to get medical treatment. So for yep. the public to understand that the cops are there to help, I think that that would ease a lot of the tension going on and maybe I, bridge, I maybe yeah, you know, bring down a drawbridge between the public and the medical establishment to mm -hmm. maybe open some communication up as well because... They are yeah. not open to communication right now. And, and that's, I mean, let's put a little good out there, right? I mean, how many people post videos of good things that law enforcement officials do? They're, they're out there, but they're few and far between. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's, let's get somebody to record that. So like in your mom's case, if, if, you're, if your dad's going to go with her or if, if she has a friend that's going to go with her, have them record that interaction and have them record the things that, because again, any law enforcement officer, whether it's a city police officer or a sheriff's deputy or a state police or whatever, they all swear an oath to the federal constitution and to the state constitution. That's it. Your rights are guaranteed and protected in both of those constitutions. So if they are there on your side, say, listen, I am here to protect her constitutionally guaranteed rights. I mean, that's going to go a long way. Mm -hmm. And that's really going to change the court of public opinion and how they view law enforcement moving forward, because that's that's every American's biggest fear is a militarized police force. And we go the way of Cuba. Well, everybody's mm -hmm. scared of the, the cops. They're scared of medical people now. And then they're scared yeah. of military. And I can tell you as a veteran and my husband's still in the reserves, the military stands with us. Yeah, they stand with us. Even the even the brainless ones that have gotten the vaccine, they stand with us. Yeah, I, I know. I know COs and stuff that I talk with on a regular basis. They are patriots. They did not swear an oath to the Constitution because they're Antifa. They don't do that. The reason that we see the generals and everybody higher up that are speaking basically in tongues to everybody else that's in the service is because once you get to a certain rank. It's all about maintaining that DOD contract promise once they get out. It's all about the money and it turns into politics. That mm -hmm. does not represent the bulk no. of the military. That does not no. represent how the police feel. That does not represent how things will actually play out. Because at the end of the day, whenever we are given an order, we have to determine, is this going to break my oath? 
is this, this is a lawful order, right? Exactly. We cannot, or I, I'm not in anymore, but you, we can't, you know, we have the responsibility to disobey an unlawful order. Exactly. And, because the, the Nuremberg trials prove that, right? Right. You can't go back. I was just following order. Sorry. That was an unlawful order. And it is your duty and responsibility to let your commanding officer know that. And if right. they still choose to disobey that, then you go above to you go find it. Everybody, everybody answers to somebody in the military. You know this. Yep. Everybody answers to somebody. There's never the chain of command does not stop until you get all the way to the chief to, to the commander in chief. Oh god. And yeah, and well, <laughs> your eyes, but I'll tell you right now, it is not that faux Biden sitting in I that thing. That is not I just, I just immediately pictured me trying to have a conversation in that situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> But so just so everybody knows, I mean, this is how powerful this stuff is. There's only three people that are required to swear an oath to the Constitution. You guys know who they are? Three types of people. Number one, it's military service members. All military service members swear an oath to the Constitution. Number two, it's it's um, immigrants that are that are accepted as citizens of the United States. They're required to swear an oath to the Constitution. And the last one is any public servant in office. Those are the three people, three types of people that are required to swear an oath to the Constitution. So why not use that? Why not get them on our side? I can tell you here in Utah, we, we've, we've got, um, got some big things happening with some of our local National Guardsmen. Um, and we're, I, don't, I can't share names or anything like that at the point, but there are some discussions with um, some really high-ranking military members here in Utah that are very, very concerned with what they're seeing. And that's because, like you said, they swear an oath to the Constitution. Yeah, we're all concerned, right? Yep. So, um, good point, um, I have state. That's a great point. You know, they won't go with before it happens, but the communication beforehand is primary. So, this is why it's paramount to before your mom goes to the hospital or before um, uh, I believe it was Melissa or whoever else was asking about that here in Utah, go have that discussion with the sheriff's office before, two or three days beforehand. So when that call comes in, if they're not willing to go with you, when that call comes in, it's not a surprise. Oh, yeah, I remember somebody came in here saying they may need somebody to escort them to get these services that they need. Yeah. So, sounds like one of my twins is having a dying scream right now. I don't know what's going on. So and my kids are upstairs. I'm surprised y'all aren't complaining about that. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear that, but he's screaming at the top of his lungs. So yeah. I wasn't sure if that was yours or mine. So. <laughs> well that's mine. <laughs> anyway, so does that answer our questions for today? I think Jeff? so. Um we're at about we're about an hour and twenty. <laughs> Say it again. I said, here we are, an hour and ten minutes in this. Yeah, that's okay. We'll we'll try and we'll try and streamline it, but it's a process, and it, you know, we're not forcing anybody to come. We're offering information. If it's too long, you just come and go as you please. So, sounds good. Um, um, I'll add all. I'll update that information um, on the website. I'll get that chat made for us and um, give everybody the links to share. And if you have questions and you feel like you're in the process and you need help. Uh, we will try to be available uh, to the best of our ability as quickly as possible to get your questions answered. So we want to be able to help people, that's for sure. So thank you again, everybody. Um, if you have questions moving forward, I'm checking the YouTube chat as well, um, you know, every day. So if you have another question, 
moving forward, we'll get it and get, get yeah. an answer back to you. Yeah, let's, uh, I like the idea. Let's get that Telegram chat group opened up and we can start, you guys can start posting questions in there. Cause I, I do monitor. Tel I mean, I, I, I have disconnected from all social media. i never had a Twitter account. Thank heavens. I only account I had was Facebook and I dropped that like a fly after November. So the only thing I look at now is his telegram. So, all right. Uh, Let's let's get that put up on the on the site. We can answer any questions. I'll have it up today, so uh, I'll awesome. give you the link as soon as it's done. Sounds good. One that has a Twitter just for the putting of information out. So, um, well, that I mean that could change. I mean, with 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 Trump's lawsuit, I mean he's he's going for an injunction to get everybody who was banned from Twitter to get back on there. So if they want to get back onto that communist site, they could. So yeah, well, I think he's just proven a point. I don't. I don't. I agree. I'm only there to, to counteract the propaganda and give people real information. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, really I agree. Don't like the platform, but anyway, I digress. And you're, and you're, and you're an antagonist and that can't get thrown <laughs> off for some reason. Yeah. I try. I try so hard. <laughs> Very funny. Um, okay. All right, everybody. Well, it was wonderful. Thank you, James, again. Yeah. Thanks, Crash. Um, we will put out another another video here soon. Whenever James has the time, we'll let you know. Um, whether it's in a week or in a day or in an hour, we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Hey, All right, thank you guys. Uh, you guys Take have care. a wonderful, wonderful day. Okay. You too. We'll see you. Bye. Take care, everyone. Bye.